For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. All right, welcome in to episode three of the weekly from Topic Thunder. Um, I'm Alex, as always, joined in by my co-hosts, my boys. I got from Seattle, I got Stephen Dolan joining us. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. We got games right around the corner, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my man, Matty Mools from Nebraska. How are you doing today? And I'm blessed by the best. I just uh, had some Cheesecake Factory, so I'm trying not to have, <laughs> fall into food coma. But I'm pretty excited, man. What, you, it's good to be back. What would you eat over there? Man, so we had like this Jamaican dish. My wife and I always, you know, we split it because they're gargantuan portions. Uh-huh. The jerk chicken. And it makes us feel less. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it makes us feel less less guilty about eating the cheesecake. Um, but we uh, we split the turtle cheesecake, and it was Phenomenal. So, <laughs> molto bene, molto bene. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite over there is a uh, bang bang chicken. That's a good I one. Like that that bang bang that chicken. Stuff, that stuff is good. And joining us from the great state of Kentucky, the bluegrass state, got Dylan Huntziger. My man, Dylan. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. This is the second podcast I've been on today, and I am fully confident it's going to be the most competent podcast I've been on today. <laughs> You had, you had a little you had a little oh, podcast yeah. with a with a Shame. Lakers fan, right? Yeah, you had a little something. I don't want to talk with, about with, it. With, with, <laughs> <laughs> that that said that said we weren't making the playoffs, right? Is that was that the main theme of the podcast, uh, basically? Not this one. Uh, that was one he did like a week ago. Today he had us a five seed, but the Lakers were a uh, two oh, okay. seed. Oh. You're that convincing, huh? Yeah, I guess so. The Lakers were a two seed. Yeah. Wow. Mm. We won't dwell on it. Go yeah. on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on. So I kind of want to go ahead and parse out some of the news uh, that's that we have coming up to the NBA season. So we're going to be looking at some Thunder news and some NBA news. So we're going to start off with Thunder news. So a little quick postscript on the preseason. Preseason's over for the Thunder. Uh, we finished 3-1. and one. We lost our first game and then swept the next three. Um, gentlemen, what did you think about this preseason? What was something that surprised you? What was something that maybe um, that you look you look at in the preseason you're like, I like this. This, this looks good. Go ahead, Steven. You know, uh, Paul George averaged 23.7 points in 23.4 minutes per game. And I know it's preseason, but you're getting a point a minute. Like, I think you can imagine what his per 36 numbers are going to be. So that that's pretty outstanding. He was on one the whole preseason long. 
Yes, he was. He was. I mean, mine is just Hami. I mean, I know I probably Hami. took Dylan's. I mean, I probably took Dylan's. You know, that's that's the BBN guy. He, you know what that is, right, Stephen? All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So Hami, Hami just completely, honestly, Hami, Hami surprised me. I I didn't know we were getting this type of player this soon uh, from Diallo. And he just seems like somebody, like if you look at Ferguson, you look at Abrinas, you look at um, Hami, the thing that kind of, that you wish Abrinas and um, Ferguson would do a little bit more would be to be aggressive, you know, to move around a little bit more, not just park out in the corner and just stay there, park out at the three-point line and just stay there. It seems like Diallo is just like, you know, half ball will move, you know, half ball will move. And that's something that in an offense that, a lot of the eyes are going to be looking at two players, Westbrook, you know, hell, two players, three players, Westbrook, George, and Schroeder, and maybe even Adam sometimes. If you have somebody moving around all the time, they're going to be open. They're going to find, you know, little creases here. They're going to find, you know, little dri- driving lanes here and there. And they're going to be a weapon. They're going to be a tool uh, that can be used on the offensive end. And then defensively, he seems like somebody that can keep up with people on the perimeter, which is very important in this in this NBA nowadays. So I'm very excited for his development. Billy Donovan will probably just ba- break my heart and not play him at all in the first game, uh, but you know I'm excited about his development. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Brady kind of talked about it when we had him on the other day. Um, this is a guy that improves every time you see him. Um, he's he's improved just a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I mean that's the case in the preseason. I mean. Um, I, don't, I don't remember specifically what he had the first two games, but that third game, you know, he had, I think, like 12 points, 10 to 12 points. And that last game, he had 19 points. So, like, it was a steady incline. He kept giving you more and more and more. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a positive sign for the young guy. And uh, d- definitely look forward to seeing him this season. But he's – And, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, just kind of going off of what you said, it's good – Billy Donovan gave him more and more responsibility as the preseason went along. You know, that's very important, too. It wasn't just that he did more. It was that Billy Donovan gave him more minutes because he earned those minutes. Uh, So I thought that was very important when it comes to, you know, the the player-coach type relationship. And small sample size alert, but the guy did shoot almost 82% from the free throw line in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was one of his weaknesses coming in was that, yep. you know, he, he shot like 60-something percent from the free throw line. So, you know, hopefully, ho- ho- you know, th- things will usually settle out to where they're supposed to be if you give somebody enough chances. So um, I don't believe he's a, you know, 80% free throw shooter, 39% three-point shooter. Um, but I also don't believe that he's probably a, a 60% free throw shooter or a 29% three-point shooter, you know, so – probably somewhere in the middle and that's good for a rookie yeah and you know and you say you stole my guy and i wasn't really surprised <laughs> at how good homie was the guy i was shocked um <laughs> seeing what he was able to do in the preseason was alex abrinas man you know he came in those first three games he only played three of them but he shot two or three from deep in the first game then two or five from deep and he shot two or six from deep in that last game struggled a little bit but Overall, for the preseason, he shot 42.8% from deep. Like, that's 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 phenomenal for Alex Abrinas. And not only was he shooting the ball well, he was defending. He was moving around. And, I mean, he looked good out there. He looked comfortable. And 
you know, obviously he he's, he was dealing with the back spasms, and hopefully he can shake that off come season time. But I was very encouraged by what Abrina showed me out there. Yeah, and you say two for six, he really struggled. And, and yeah, I, I guess. But we'll take two for six mainly because of the six attempts from a guy who has that kind of gravity. Like, if he's getting attempts, then his defender is near him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maddie, you got anything for this preseason? Yeah, so there were a lot of takeaways. Um, one player and then one pace uh, or one point, would be, which would be pace. Um <laughs> I kind of kind of led led with it there. Uh, our pace is really it's crisp. I mean, as soon as we get the ball off the rim, we're pushing. You can hear Billy yelling, and we "Go, go, go!" Do, and we right, and we weren't able to do that with Mello. That's no shade for him. It's just that's not how we were able to play, um, and that's not how we were able to be effective with him uh, last year with how our team was constructed. But now with these young guys, we're getting up and down the floor, and it's it's a fun brand of basketball. And so on nights where our shots not falling, getting out in transition is a good way to see the ball go through the hoop a, a couple of times and get going. Mm. And also a way to be aggressive and get teams maybe in foul trouble a little bit. And we were able to see some of that a little bit as well. So the pace was causing that. And then something that doesn't really surprise us, but should put some other people on notice is Steven Adams. I mean, people said the okay three last year and they meant mellow, but really they should have meant, Stephen Adams being the third piece of that and now he's getting more freedom to operate and he's very effective and he's very efficient um, in what he's doing in the paint and actually kind of stretching it out with you know, to eight nine ten feet from the basket so getting a being able to see him grow offensively we know what he's done on the defensive end we know how he's good at crashing the boards we know how tough and he is and how much of a glue guy he is, but the rest of the league is now on notice, and they're gonna they're gonna have to see him putting up 18 and 12 consistently, uh, and those those box scores are pretty tough to ignore. He's not gonna be able to put up 12 because you know Russell Westbrook's gonna be stealing the uh, to, the rebounds from him. <laughs> yeah, Tom is gonna be taking the rebounds from him. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so so and so kind of keeping in the theme of things that kind of surprised us or thing not really surprised us, but things that we didn't really know coming into the season. You know, Dennis Schroeder. The thing here's the thing: like if you play for L.A., if you play for Golden State, or if you play for I don't know a New York, you know those players are usually very, you know, they're very much on TV all the time a lot of you know a lot of media members and a lot of people know how they play Atlanta is not going to be your most popular team it's not going to be your most popular uh, team to show on TV and so Schroeder you know basically there are some players that you that you look at because they're on TV all the time and there are some players that you just look at their numbers and so people looked at Schroeder's numbers especially from two years ago to this season and they thought, okay, this guy is a malcontent. This guy is not does not play well within the system. Uh, as soon as the as soon as the good players left out of Atlanta, you know, he turned into somebody that was a chucker and, and didn't defend. Um, but you know, put him back in a in an environment where winning is the culture. And it just seems like this guy knows how to play, knows how to make the plays, knows how to make winning plays. And so you know, it was fun to see, especially with Westbrook out. 
It was fun to see somebody that can come in and fill those shoes that we've, you know, that we've struggled with uh, when Westbrook was out of the game. You know, especially to start the game. You know, you, you look at the backup point guard situation the last two years, and it hasn't been very good. Now we have a guy that if Westbrook actually misses a game or two because of an injury, um, we don't have to worry that much. And so that's that's a beautiful thing. That's something that this preseason showed me. It, it kind of in, it kind of crystallized that we don't have to worry that much about the point guard position because of Schroeder. Yeah, and I think what's uh, what's important to realize is Schroeder showed great chemistry with the starters, and that's awesome. You know, if something happens to Westbrook, we're good. But we haven't seen a lot of this, those second units. Obviously, he's going to be okay. He's a starting point guard in this league, you know, on any other team. But, you know, seeing that chemistry with Nerlens Noel, Jeremy Grant, guys like Abrinas and Ferguson, Hami, mm-hmm. that's going to be important to see, you know, how he transitions that chemistry over. So that, that'll be something I'm looking for. And so kind of kind of transitioning into Westbrook, uh, so Billy Donovan on, I believe it was Tuesday, uh, gave an update as to Russell Westbrook's medical condition, basically did saying that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, you know he, did, he did Billy talk. He did Donovan yeah. speak. Um, so basically saying that he's still doing, was it non-contact or controlled contact drills? Um, yeah, that. And that they still don't know whether he's going to play on Wednesday or not. Um, so Billy did what he did, coach speak, um, and he gave the answer that everybody in the Thunder organization would give. Um, I just, I, I think he's going to play. I think there's no way he goes ahead, you know, he goes and sits out that game. What do you guys think? Uh, uh, me myself, uh, I definitely think he plays. I mean, you know, you don't send Russell Westbrook to Oracle Arena on the night that Kevin Durant's going to get a NBA championship ring um, and not expect him to go World War Westbrook on everybody. I, that, that's what he's that's what he's going to do. He's going to go out there and he's going to dunk on every single member of the Warriors. He's going to triple-double and we're going to beat him by 40. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. Cover me, boys. Uh, I was just kidding on that last part, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the triple-double? The 40. The f- beating by 40. <laughs> kidding what about you guys what you think i'm gonna be a i'm gonna take the cautious approach and i think that he's i i think he's not gonna play um (gasps) i know we want to go world war westbrook uh but he's actually gonna have a chance to um i i think he's gonna have a chance to chill and he's gonna have a chance to um get to 100%. We don't want to put him out there when he's not 100%. And there's no better way to attack uh, attack Golden State than be full up and have Westbrook killing it for more than just one game. Because it's an 82-game season. And so I, I think as much as I want him to play, um, I, I think that uh, he's just he's going to wait. He's going to chill. And we may get him back later in the week. Boring. <laughs> Steven. What you think? I, uh, man, I think he'll play, and and that's not. <laughs> I don't even know if we're at a position where we need to make this kind of disclaimer, but that's not from any inside information that I have. <laughs> but 
but I, I don't know. Like he, I, I, I think it'd be great if he plays, and I think he's gonna want to play. And if if he's in position to, then he's gonna be out there. So maybe it's just my heart over my brain, but I want to I want to see him stare down KD KD when he gets his ring. So oh, I'm yeah. praying he plays. That that'll be fun. All right, so so moving on. So there hasn't been other than that. There's not too much going on in Thunder in the in the world of Thunder, unless we want to talk about some bench warmers who were cut, which we really don't care. So let's move on from that. Um, so moving on to some NBA news. So there are some things that have happened um, before this NBA season starts on Wednesday. So the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is the Spurs injury situation. You know, there must be some rattlesnakes in the facility because these guys are being snake bitten this year. Uh, we got De- there's a snake in their boots. Yes, we got we got Dejounte Murray going down with the torn ACL. We got Derek White going down with a was it a torn plantar fasciitis thing in his heel, and then we got Rudy Gay. I think he sat out or he he's having issues with his heel also. So two of the three point guards are out. They're probably gonna have to start Patty Mills. You know. The Spurs situation, that's looking kind of bad, isn't it, as far as starting the season? Yeah, and you wonder, so the weird thing about the Spurs for years has been that no matter who their personnel is, they've been a very good defense. And you, you just wonder how, how much, you, you wonder at which point personnel changes can flip that because they replaced Kawhi Leonard, one of the best defenders in the league, with DeMar DeRozan, who... Yeah. Basically got played off the court on defense in the playoffs, <laughs> and then and then they replaced Dejounte Murray, who made an all defensive team with Patty Mills or whoever who who did not aren't good defenders. So like, at what point did they stop being a defensive juggernaut? And let's not forget that the guy that they drafted to kind of take Kawhi's place, Lonnie Walker, he's out with a torn meniscus. Yeah, he's out yeah. for like so, two months or something, ain't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. So they don't even get to see what they have for the future for at least two to three months. To well into that future. Oh wow! And, and let's uh, <laughs> let's make sure and say the thing we're expected to say, which is also true that we are sad for Dejounte Murray. We are, yeah. He yeah. He was. He looked like he was going to have a big time season. Uh, he's always been one of the best defensive point guards in the league, and. Yeah, it does suck, especially so young in the career. Yeah. It does suck. I'll tell you who else it I sucks s- for, man, is Greg Popovich. Like, that man's had so much crap happen to him in the past year. I don't see how he's still going. Like, I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if this is last season. Know. Yeah, true that. And and if it goes a certain way, then he might regret coming back for this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so um, we had a, a final kind of a play of our preseason game. Last night, and they had a dust-up between uh, Lance Stevenson and Quinn Cook, uh, which Stevenson got ejected, but it seemed like everybody on both benches was enjoying this. So, <laughs> can someone please, I, I, I didn't really look into it too much, can somebody give me a background into this, because it, it looked hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on, but let's just say if that little half punch he tried to throw had landed, then everybody wouldn't have been so happy about it. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> All right, so enough about that. We'll, we'll talk enough about the Lakers and the Warriors, you know, well into the season. Uh, so we got, I got one more little bit of, of information, one more little bit of, of news. So apparently the, the NBA kind of tweaked their two-way player rules 
it used to be before that the the two-way player only had 45 days to be with the parent team, the parent squad, um, and that included travel days. So now the travel days are not included in this. And so basically these two-way players, the days that count are going to be practice days and it's going to be um, game days. And so those two-way players are able to spend more time with the parent club and I guess develop a little bit more. So for the Thunder, I think this helps them out a lot. Especially well, it, with Burton. It helps out Deontay Burton, exactly. And and if you want to eliminate the practice days, then if you value Burton, like the rule basically means that now he has 45 games he can play with the Thunder if they handle it right. I mean, either way, even if the rules were the same, couldn't they just sign him to another two-way contract? No, it's one what? one per season. Ah, well, yeah. The more you know, you can do you can do you can do up to two, uh, but each of those two way contracts is basically a one year deal. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 but you can't you can't sign two two way contracts and then get ninety days in that way. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. The, it, it doesn't work the same as a ten as a ten day contract. Gotcha. All right, so segueing to. Uh, to the rest of the NBA, I want to look. I want to go ahead and look at the different divisions. So last podcast, we talked about the uh, the Northwest Division, which is the division that the Thunder are in. Uh, so now I want to look at the other five divisions that are in the NBA and kind of just just real quick look at the the main points in the division, the low points in the division, uh, and just focus on that, and not necessarily look at the at the middle ground of the division. So first up, we got the Pacific Division. Uh, and that's going to be Dylan hitting you with that. All right. Well, so in the Pacific Division, um, you got smorgasbord teams. Um, you got <laughs> one who is at the very tippy top, and then you've got two who are fighting for literally the bottom spot. So obviously, you got the Warriors. There's not much to say here. They were the historically greatest team. They added Kevin Durant. They won two titles, and then they added Demarcus Cousins. I'm done talking about them. Stupid Warriors. <laughs> After that, you've got the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, they, they struck out on getting Paul George, which was awesome for us. But they did what? sign a certain LeBron James, who is the best player in the world right now. Um, alongside LeBron James, they signed uh, people that I labeled head cases earlier in the season. But I think uh, the best way to describe them is boneheads. They made boneheaded decisions. And that is JaVale McGee. Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, we just talked about a boneheaded decision he made, and Rajon Rondo. So I think it's going to be interesting. The The thing to watch there is to see the dynamic between the veterans, the boneheaded veterans, and the <laughs> green rookies, or not green rookies, the green young guys, and see how that dynamic, that dichotomy works out. So that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, then you got the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, you know, they lost DeAndre Jordan. They traded away Blake Griffin before the season started. Uh, looking at their roster, the only player that I'm really excited about is Shea Gilgis-Alexander because, you know, he went to UK. It's not United Kingdom, Stephen, just so you know. The Ucks. Go Ucks. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously Lou Will's there. Pat Bev's there. I think the thing to watch that season is to – it's to watch Shea Gilchrist Alexander's development because I think he is their future. You've got a defensive juggernaut in Pat Beverly. You've got an offensive stud in Lou Williams. 
I think if he could really absorb what both of them are trying to say to him, he could really develop into a nice player. Um, then you got the Kings, who are stacked, like just stacked with a bunch of young guys who are really promising. <laughs> but did you just did you just say stacked? the Kings are stacked? I didn't say they're stacked <laughs> with talent. I said young guys that are very promising. <laughs> Take your orange juice back up before you spit it out again. <laughs> um, but you know, the, I hope that gets aggregated. Uh, <laughs> The guy I'm really looking forward to is uh, De'Aaron Fox. You know, he, he showed a lot of promise last year, but in this preseason he showed that he's really worked on his jump shot over the offseason. And if that's the case, that bleeds over into the season, then uh, he, he's going to have a great career ahead of him. You know, he's one of the fastest What school did he go to? Oh, you know what school he went to. It wasn't United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> UK BBN, baby. But, um, you know, alongside him, you've got other BBNers in Scalable this year. Willie Collistein. you got Harry Giles, who's healthy now, from Duke. Uh, you got Buddy Hill from Oklahoma. I know a bunch of OU fans are going to be happy about him. I mean, they just have a lot of young guys there. And, you know, if they can keep this roster together, if they can develop their skill and their chemistry, then these guys can make the playoffs in a couple of years. Um, and then after that, you got the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns recently fired their general manager. Um, they have Devin Booker. He he has a broke hand. So things are not looking good for the Suns right now. They have DeAndre Ayton, so that's going to be fun to watch, um, kind of see how he grows as a rookie, see how um, he can kind of take command of that team, especially with Booker being out. And you've got Trevor Reza making a absurd amount of money there, $15 million for a year. Um, it, it, it's... You know, I said that Phoenix and Sacramento are kind of battling for that last spot. I think Phoenix is going to get it because Sacramento's pieces, even though they're young, even though they're inexperienced and they have their flaws, they kind of fit together. Phoenix is just a train wreck. They don't fit together. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't have a point guard. No. No, they don't have a point guard. They (laughs) traded away Brandon Knight to Houston and... They didn't get a point guard back. It could be argued they, they might try to run out DeAnthony Melton as point guard, but, I mean, that's 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 not a great option to have. Um, I, think, I think that's part of the reason why McDonough got fired is because of this whole point guard thing. They don't have a point guard. <laughs> yeah. he, he just let Alfred Payton walk. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not like he got a bunch of money elsewhere. So. And, you know, if Booker was healthy, I, I think it would be different. I could see it. You know, you want to have you want the ball to be in your best player's hands, you know, most of the time. So if they wanted to try to, you know, integrate Booker into that ball handling responsibility, I understand that. But he's going to be out for a little bit. So it's definitely a head-scratcher. But no surprise, I got the Warriors finished number one. I got the Lakers behind them. Clippers at third. And then I got the Kings on top of the Suns. So... That's the Pacific Division, guys. Who, who are your playoff teams? Uh, playoff teams, I just got the Warriors and the Lakers. Nobody else making the playoffs there. Okay. All right. Steven, you got the Southwestern Division. What you got? Yeah, and this the Southwest Division is basically Texas, and then we got Memphis and New Orleans. Uh, it's a really interesting division. Like, There's just not a boring team. In this division, like Memphis was the worst team last year, but who knows? Like if they can stay healthy, then then you've got Conley and Gasol and Parsons who are perennially injured. It feels like maybe Gasol to a lesser degree, but if they can stay healthy, they could like be an actually good team. 
so it's it's tough. Um, you've got Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I should also mention Jaron Jackson Jr. because people seem to be excited about him for Memphis. Uh, I don't know much about him, but people like him. I like him. And then, so you've got Dallas, and it's it seems like Dallas actually has a shot at a future for the first time in several years. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing with DeAndre Jordan on a one-year contract, but they've got Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, and then Dirk coming off the bench, which is interesting. And so, so like, that's a really cool young team. And as Oklahoma City Thunder fans, we are familiar with how it feels to have a cool young team with a lot of potential. So, like, I'm excited for Dallas fans, and I've I've got a bunch of buddies in Dallas, and they're pretty pumped for it. They got a good so coach to, you know, kind of lead them into yeah. battle, too. Uh, yeah, a, a great coach, and like I've said before, that that's what smart people tell me. <laughs> so, I, I believe them. <laughs> so, then you, you've got New Orleans, and obviously the first person that you want to mention is Anthony Davis, who's going to be an MVP contender this year, and who is... Just getting better every single season. Uh, what's interesting about them, though, is their roster changes. So they swapped out Rondo for Alfred Payton. They swapped out Boogie for Julius Randle. And, like I said, then they've got Anthony Davis. And aren't a bunch of those people – didn't a bunch of those people go to the same college? Three of them did, boys. Darius Miller, Julius Randle, Anthony Davis. You're welcome. Oh, oh, that's all? <laughs> I believe so. Is there another one I'm missing? You forgot about Rajon Rondo? He's, he's not, not there now. He's not there anymore. Oh, I was just, oh, okay. <laughs> I, was t- I was just talking, uh, no, I was just talking about all the people that they swapped out. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they basically. Because yeah. Boogie, because you got Boogie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's right. Just, it's, just inter- it's just interesting how many, how many people they've had, like, cycle in and out of that team from that one school. They know what's uh, up whatever school that is oh gosh (laughs) and then so we've got san antonio in that division also as we continue the texas lineup and what's interesting about them obviously is the Kawhi leonard swap for demar Derozan, and and then as we already talked about the the injury struggles they're going through at their point guard position but so their their year is basically hinging on how DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge Aldridge perform this season. And I don't know. They could be good, I guess. Like it it's it's another one of those seasons where you hesitate to doubt the Spurs, but you have kind of reasons to doubt the Spurs. So just continuing in that annual tradition for them. But then you got the headliner of this division, which is the Houston Rockets. Uh and you know, as Thunder fans, I'm just I'm just gonna start off talking about Carmelo Anthony. He's had a really good preseason. I mean, he's he's shot exactly 50% from three. He's coming off the bench for them, which is more than a little frustrating for Thunder fans. It's like, dude, we would have been so good last year if you would have just agreed to put your ego aside, and now you like Chris Paul, so you're doing it. Or maybe, like, he noticed how bad he was for the Thunder, so now he's just like, fine, I guess it's time. It's like, man, just, like, be a little more self-aware last year. (laughs) That jerk. 
<laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the the major thing for them, I think, for how their season's going to turn out is going to be Chris Paul's health. Like we all know, he's getting a little up there in age, and if he can stay healthy, they're going to be great. If he can't stay healthy, they're still going to be really good. But we'll just have to see how that all turns out. So, who are your playoff teams in that division? Uh, so so I think I think Houston is obvious. I think. I think New Orleans is probably going to make it if Anthony Davis just has a standard season for him. And then as tempting as it is, and it's so hard, like, I I really want to say the Spurs aren't going to make it, but, like, <laughs> they're probably just going to make it. <laughs> like, I, I think Memphis is out. I think Dallas is clearly out. But the, the Spurs are probably going to be the fringiest of, of this division, and I think they'll probably get in. Fringiest. That's a, that's a good word. All right, so so moving on, we're going to the Eastern Conference now. Uh, so I have the Atlantic Division, which consists of the New York Knicks, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Boston Celtics. And so with that said, if we look at the Western Conference and we say the Western Conference is a bloodbath, uh, this is the one division where I think it's literally – a bloodbath within the division. Uh, so you probably great division. Yeah, it's a great division as far as the top three teams in there. Uh, so if you're looking at Toronto, Philly, and Boston, you're probably looking at the top three teams in the Eastern Conference um, if everybody stays healthy. Uh, so looking at at the ones that aren't going to make it, New York, Boston. New York is in the middle of a rebuild. Um, you know they have they got Kevin Knox. They got you know they still got Frank Tilakina. Um, they're waiting on Kristaps Porzingis, which, for all the rumors that are going out, he's probably not going to play this season because they want to they want to go ahead and protect their investment. Um, so literally, you're going to have a full year of Ennis Cantor playing, you know, center for that team, and he's probably going to put up numbers. But again, as we saw in, in Oklahoma City, the defense is probably going to be horrible in New York. So, you know, they're they're likely going to be out. Brooklyn, they haven't even started their real their rebuild because they don't have any of their picks until this year so they finally get their pick this year so we'll see where that goes but they're not going to be any good so looking at the top three teams so we got toronto uh which acquired Kawhi leonard they were the number one team in the in the actually in the conference last year um and they got seemingly better with the Kawhi acquisition um you got boston which was great last season went all the way to the conference finals against cleveland it took them to seven games um and then you got philly which you know, with Ben Simmons, with Joel Embiid, and with that, you know, trust the process crew there, uh, they keep on getting better. So those are going to be the cream of the crop. At this point, I can't really tell you which one of the, you know, how those three are going to going to going to play out. Uh, but though you have to, I have to. I'm sorry. Okay, so then, <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, I'm I'm going to go. I'm, so I'm going to go with Boston number one uh, for the entire conference and for this division. I'm going to go Toronto number two, and I'm going to go Philly number three. And that's how they're going to look in the conference standings also by the end of the season. Um, so, you know, it's just it's going to be a bloodbath at the top. Those guys are going to, you know, beat each other up, and hopefully they stay healthy. You know, I, I like to see competition, you know, outside of just the Thunder. And so it's good to see finally with LeBron gone from Cleveland, there is that – that vacuum that's created within the Eastern Conference where somebody has to step up. And it's going to be interesting to see who that is. And I'm putting my money on somebody from this division being that being that team. 
Uh, question. Does Ben Simmons take a three-pointer, and does he make a three-pointer this season? Yes, possibly one. Uh, Follow-up to the question, does Ben Simmons win Rookie of the Year? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever he wins, I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell will wear something that is the exact exact opposite of what Ben Simmons is going after. All right, so... Moving on to the Southeast Division, we got Maddie looking at that. So, Maddie, what's going on in that horrible division? Um, I think it's a phenomenal division. Uh, maybe not wins losses wise, but it's a it's a super interesting division with uh, the personalities that they have. So, the cream of the crop in that division is obviously Washington, um, the greatest coach of all time, Scotty Brooks. He's finally going to figure it all out. Um. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna put Jeff Green um, at center. They. Hey, he's a he's, superstar according he's to basically Bradley Beal, right? <laughs> basically, um, they got some overrated point guard from an overrated school oh, uh, running wow. things there. Your <laughs> <laughs> the poor man's Russell Westbrook. Um, uh, a poor man's poor man, but um. I think they're fine. Uh, they're they're probably going to make the playoffs, um, and I'll get it out there. They might be the only team from this division to do so. Um, Miami is on the Dwayne Wade farewell tour this year, uh, and uh, they're they're kind of a boring team to me. They look like they might be on the cusp of getting Jimmy Butler, but it doesn't seem to be working that way now. And then we got Bomba number five, uh, rocking things in Orlando. And you can talk what you want. You can say what you want about the mismanagement. I finally understood of, that. Uh, Does he wear number five? If he, yeah, he he did. Oh reason. my god, that's so great. That's on the level of, of Paul George with with thirteen. That's like the, hey, Bomba number five, so PG thirteen, and then AK forty seven. AK forty seven. Right. Right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and jump and up, uh, jump down. they got AA Ron. <laughs> Sorry, I was singing Mamba number five. You I can't not, get it out of your head. Damn, yep, I can't. A, a little rookie of the year in his life. He's got AA Ron by his side. No. Um, they just oh, no. they just brought him back, and I. <laughs> I thought. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I think that that's going to be a really fun fun court or front court to watch. I'm glad that they were able to bring Gordon back, and I'm glad that my uh, segment is the one that gets this thing off the rails. <laughs> um, they're they're a really fun team. I think they're going to be league pass worthy, but they're not going to win a lot of games. <laughs> We got homeboy over here half a day. You're killing Alex. You're <laughs> killing him. He's, he's done. Reba. Uh, we got we got the Charlotte Hornets and, and they're maybe uh one of the most underwhelming teams. Um Bridges is good, uh and they got Malik Monk, um, who could be really good if he can stay healthy and get opportunities. Kimball Walker, hmm. Uh, Kimball Walker is uh, he's solid he's probably the best player they've ever had but he's 
you know, in the last year of his deal, and he's likely going to move elsewhere next year. And then we got Atlanta, the guy who ESPN was infatuated with last college basketball season, and, and Trey Young. He can hit it from the logo, um, even if the logo is only 24 feet from the basket. Um, but he, he's going to be exciting to watch and somebody worth worth uh, tuning into pretty regularly as well. So there's some potential star power, some, some youth movement in this division, but ultimately Washington's the only team that's going to be playing in the postseason. So in, in all of this, I know you mentioned Miami. How, Whenever we talked about the NBA segment, how in the world could we forget about the Jimmy Butler saga in Minnesota just taking another step towards insanity? I, I, it's so surreal, you know, like we, it's, it doesn't seem like it could actually be happening. So I think that's how we, like, we missed it. Twitter, Twitter was made for that. Like for that day, Twitter was made just for that day, just for that scenario. And it was a beautiful thing, man. It was, it was just watching, you know, them talk about the practice and just coming out with like tweet after tweet after tweet about the practice, especially Woj. Um, I loved it, man. I, I loved being on Twitter for that moment. That was awesome. <clears throat> I, I think I like Jimmy Butler even more after yeah. hearing it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And and like, did, so did that players only meeting actually happen? We had Jeff Teague <laughs> calling Shams a liar, but I'm wondering if he was just like getting a technicality. Like maybe there was a coach or a trainer in there, so it was like wasn't players only. Well, I <laughs> I, I heard the theory that uh, Jeff Teague, who was it, Darius Johnson Odom, was the other guy. And I thought there was another player. There's a theory that those players weren't invited to the players only <laughs> Well, I mean, no, it's not. It's not. Maybe, maybe. But I mean that there, there is a leak. There's a leak out there, you know. And I'm pretty sure it is Jimmy because he had that one day in practice, oh, and Jimmy somehow, Butler. some way, Rachel Nichols happened to be in Minnesota that day, <laughs> and she just... was able to do a, an interview with him right after practice. So, but the, you know, there's a leak somewhere in that organization, whether it's Jimmy or somebody else. I just find it hilarious uh, that this is going on. Well, but it's pretty great that, like, even if you think the that him having his tirade in practice was staged because he was going to do this interview with Rachel Nichols afterward, what he can't stage is the report that he took the third string and beat the first string. No. <laughs> you can't stage that. And that's what really made me be like, oh, now I like Jimmy, like Dylan was saying. Like, that is yeah. some Michael Jordan stuff. <laughs> that was that. That was awesome. Apparently, Paul George likes him too. Hey, right. it'd be nice. Confirmed. Hey, it'd be nice to have Kyle Singler's, you know, five million dollars right about yeah, now. Yeah, would match some contracts <clears throat> with us. Yep. All right. So I got the final division, the Central Division. Um, so we're looking at Chicago, Indiana, Indiana, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Detroit. Um, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit. They're lottery bound. Nobody really cares about them. Um, Indy, Milwaukee, that's the ones that you're, when you're looking at the Atlantic division, you're looking at the top three. Um, and then you're probably looking at the next two uh, within the Eastern Conference standings uh, with Indiana and Milwaukee. <clears throat> so the deal with Milwaukee has always been, can, can you get the right system around Giannis? That's always been the thing. So they got this new coach. What's, what's the coach's name? Is it uh, uh Oh yeah, it, it is Mike Boonehoser. Yeah, so it's Boonehoser. We you know we saw Milwaukee a couple days ago, um, here. 
they uh, I don't know, man. I, it's just you, I think with a player like Giannis, you need great shooting around him, and I don't know if they have that. I know they got Brooke Lopez, uh, they got Chris Middleton. Their point guard situation is a mess with uh, with Bledsoe and Brogdon and Delhi. Uh, they're good players, but none of them. Like if you were to take all their strengths and combine them into one player, that'd be a good point guard for them. But they each have they each have you know Delhi is a he's a pesky defender. You got Bledsoe who is about two or three years past what he what he used to be, and injuries have taken a toll on him. Um, I think and you playing have, in Phoenix took a toll on him. He just stopped yeah. caring for too long. He forgot how to care. Probably. And then Brogdon, you know, he had that rookie. He learned it in college. <laughs> what oh, college was that again? <laughs> and then Brogdon, you know, Brogdon, he's, 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 he was the first second rounder to win rookie of the year. Um, something like that. But, you know, he's, he, he, he probably hit his glass ceiling in his rookie year. Um, so, you know, you have those issues a lot like, I don't know, a Phoenix where they don't have a point guard. You know, it's kind of like that old adage in college football. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. Well, you know, in Milwaukee, you got three point guards, but you don't really have that one starting caliber point guard in there. Um, so Indiana coming in, you know, they surprised a lot of people last year, especially Victor Oladipo. I think Indiana's primed to keep surprising people this year. And move move past Milwaukee, uh, so I see them as the number four seed, the number one in the division, the number four in the conference, and I see Milwaukee as the second team in this division. Um, and now that's that's it for uh, for this division preview, gentlemen. You got anything else? Um, I will say on Giannis, man, um, if he's able to knock threes down like he's been showing, uh, dude's gonna be unreal. <laughs> um, and honestly. Uh, I don't know what Budenholzer is going to do, but the Bucks traditionally kind of let Giannis bring the ball up. So Brogdon was a nice piece with him because, you know, he could spot up for a three. And now we don't know what Bud's going to do, but, you know, because we haven't really got to see Giannis in the preseason. But, um, yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting situation to watch, you know, if Mike's going to have him on the ball or if he's going to try to run him around off ball. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 – He's he's a he's a great player, but he's kind of a weird player because he can't you know because he hasn't historically been able to shoot. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a weird player to to build around, you know. Yeah, and I think like we've seen with Russell Westbrook, if a guy struggles shooting from outside, then the best place for the ball to be is in their hands. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so we have some NBA games coming up, uh, so let's go ahead and. And move over to our like, like real, ones real ones that, that count. count. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and move over to our forecast. So starting this thing off is Wednesday on the 16th. Uh, we'll be starting the season off in Oracle, in Oakland, and unfortunately we'll be there to watch Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and all those guys receive these uh, these shiny little things they put on their fingers after they uh, they win the final game of the season. Uh, so they're gonna, we're going to see them do that. And Steven is going to go ahead and preview that game. So, Steven, what do you have for us? 
Ring night. Ring night. <laughs> so look, I mean, like, look, it, w- without knowing Russell Westbrook's status for this game, it's hard to know how it's gonna go. Um, we've all kind of weighed in on whether or not we think he's gonna play, but they're all just guesses. S- so the Warriors, they've actually lost their last two season openers, both of which mm. were ring night. But if anything, I think that at this point kind of works in the Warriors' favor because they can use that as motivation. Like, don't do it again, you know? Especially when I'm so So, hungry. Yeah. Don't do it again next year. Exactly. And I mean, like, (laughs) at least we have Schroeder if Russ can't play. But if he can't play, I think it's going to be a real surprise if the Thunder win this game. Even though the Warriors are starting Damian Jones at center, uh, I, I honestly don't know who that is. (laughs) <laughs> but, but his mother least, doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> but it, so at least Stephen Adams should should eat in that game. Uh, he's he's probably going to get 18 rebounds. Uh, but it, you know, if the Thunder win this game, it basically means that Paul George scores 45 points, or something else crazy happens, or Russ plays. And I mean, if they win that. That basically means that they're going to go 82 and 0. That's right. They're they're on pace for that. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Win-loss? Man, it's tough because, like, I mean, so I predicted, I guess, earlier in the podcast that Russ is going to play, so now I guess I got to predict a win. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going with a loss. I think we lose this game. I think, you know, it's just one of those things just early in the season. I think typically the Warriors are going to come out, they're going to get their rings, and – the the histrionics the history says that most championship winning teams are not very focused on ring night uh, because you know they get their rings they're happy they're excited uh, but this team has been over this two two times already three times if you count you know Steph and the in the other three uh, so I'm thinking they probably come out they probably are focused and they probably beat the Thunder um, on opening night Maddie. I mean, so I said that Russ isn't going to play, which means that there's no chance that they win if Russ doesn't play, unless unless uh, Paul George goes off for 81, like Kobe, um, and that's that's probably not going to happen. So yeah, unfortunately, this one may be tied up with like, or this may be ball game with like eight minutes left or so in the fourth quarter. Dylan? Man, I'm going W, man. I mean, if Russ wins, I think that we win, and I think we make a statement um, to the NBA, to the Warriors, that, you know, we're not backing down this year. But are coming. But honestly, man, even if Russ doesn't play as well as shooter has been playing, the chip he has on his shoulder, the people he wants to prove wrong, and, you know, say that alongside Paul George, I think we could still beat him. I don't think the Warriors are unbeatable um, in the regular season, particularly the first game of the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking a W, man. Okay, good deal. All right, so moving on. So we play on on Wednesday, um, and then we don't play again until Friday. We stay on the West Coast, and we we go against the Clippers. So, Maddie, what do you got for me on that game? Um. I, I think that 
we're going to probably get the win pretty easy. I mean, just looking at the Clippers roster, there's not really a lot to scare you unless they just get hot from three. Um, and Lou Williams goes off for 30-plus points. Um, I think this could be a game that we win by 10, and it would only be, you know, that close because of some stuff at the end of the game. But um, going to be a pretty boring game, honestly. So it'll be our first win, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know about, I don't really know a lot about how the Clippers are going to gel. I don't know about how that team's going to look. They could be gritty. They got they got some gritty players, but honestly, I, I think we've got enough talent to just overpower them. I agree. I agree. Uh, so I see W. Does anybody see an L? Nah, that's a dub. Uh, Russ always balls out against the Clippers. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a W. Um, if Russ plays, though, I, I am looking forward to his matchup with Patrick Beverly. It's always fireworks when they play. I'm also looking forward to Steven Adams playing Gree from Despicable Me. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Martian Gortat, he looks just like him. Come on now. <laughs> All right. They got the ugliest centers, one, two, in the league. They got right? Boban. Oh, Boban. I forgot about Boban. <laughs> I, hate, I hate Boban. Every time we play Boban, it seems like he always has one of those, you know, 15 points, 12 rebound games in like 10 minutes. You know, so we'll see how it is. So moving on to Sunday, the 21st, uh, we play the Sacramento Kings. It's the home opener for the Thunder. And I'll go ahead and preview this one. It's the Kings. Here's the thing about the Kings. We always seem to struggle against them for some crazy reason. That's uh, true. See, they stacked. Yeah, they stacked. There we they go. Stacked. They are stacked. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> At every position, they stacked. So, yeah, so, I mean, just kind of looking at this team, um, you would kind of think there's no way the Thunder would struggle against this team, regardless of whether Russell Westbrook is playing or not. Um, but for some reason, historically, over the past couple seasons, we've always struggled against Sacramento, especially in Sacramento, but sometimes they surprise us here at uh, in Oklahoma City. So um, I, I really don't see a way that the Kings win this game. Um, I hopefully am not, you know, eating crow when Sunday comes around. Uh, but the Kings are what they are. They're, you know, they, they are rebuilding. Um, they have good talent around them. You know, De'Aaron Fox, you have Buddy Heald, you have, um, you know, some of the big guys, Scalabassier, you got Harry Giles, who we didn't see last season because of injury. Uh, but I still don't think that that combination of players is able to beat a Paul George, a Steven Adams, a Shooter, a Westbrook. Uh, so I think the Thunder win this game pretty easily, 10-plus points, and uh, and head into the, the first week of the season 2-1. and one. Yeah, I'm taking a W. I mean, I mean, like you said, it's the Kings. And contrary to popular belief, they are not stacked. They're stacked with young talent, but they're not stacked with team people that are going to impact right now. So just just knock that out of there. Um, I think it'll be a fun game, though, because like I said, you know, they've got a lot of young guys. they got a, long, a lot of young athletes. Um, I think we win it easily, but I think the Kings put on a show, too. Yeah, I can see that. So two and one. Does everybody have two and one for the week? 
you know what, man? I have, I have, I, I literally have two and one written down on my piece of paper here. But as we've talked about this, and as I've said, I think Russell Westbrook's gonna play in the first game. I've kind of boxed myself into a corner, and I think I have to upgrade to three and zero. So as my official Whoa. prediction, three and zero. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I said it in every oh. one. I'm, I'm taking dubs, man. Dubs all day. I think we Ever. go into this season with the right mindset, with a chip on our shoulder, ready to prove everybody wrong and show the league what's up. Ever the optimist. I'm going two and one. I'm trying to be more realistic, more pragmatic. Maddie, mm. you joining me? Yeah, man. I'm not saying we're going to drop a game to the Kings. Of course. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to go two and one. We're going to handle business. Um, we'll beat. Uh, potentially a far superior Kings team that's oh loaded God. with talent. Um, and, stacked. And they got the buddy. They, they stacked. They got the buddy there. They stacked, yo. They stacked. <sighs> um, no, we're probably going to win that game by... We're going to win that game by double <laughs> digits as well. In what is our first home game. So, yeah. And uh, for the record, Anthony, who is not able to join us for this podcast, also is on the record predicting a 2 and one finish for this week and uh the we 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 tweeted out a poll for fans because you guys are going to compete with us also in this and it's still got a few hours left but it's pretty definitively looking like the general consensus of the fans is two and one for this week our listeners are smart there was, intelligent people. There was one mm. goober that decided to put zero, and we literally are one person. Him. I can't imagine it's not one of our Rockets followers. So, as far as these predictions go, you know we have we have our listeners helping us out, and we're going to be doing predictions throughout the season, um, and then we're going to compile this at the end of the season, and the person that is the loser, uh, loser. when it comes to these the loser when it comes to these rankings. Uh, they're going to have a consequence that's going to come upon their head. We still don't know what it is. We may ask you guys to help us out in finding something that will be the that will prove to be the most embarrassing or the most controversial thing uh, for the loser to go ahead and have to do. So if you guys have any ideas, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up wherever, and let us know what you think as we kind of think about what the consequence or punishment is going to be all right and just we because lo- we you lo- suggest it doesn't mean we're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah and, and just because maybe you, you don't, don't like Dil- dylan on twitter doesn't mean that we're gonna do it so let's go ahead and uh get some help on that and then we will let we will let you guys know whenever we do come up with a consensus of what we're gonna do um and hopefully whenever we do get with you know find that out and it does happen We'll have a camera there. We'll have a YouTube channel open, and then you guys can go ahead and view that on the YouTube channel and see uh, see all the uh, all the all the shenanigans that happen with that. Um, so moving on, we're gonna go ahead and go into cover me. This cover me is going to be a little bit different. We don't necessarily have hot takes. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and go through uh, different awards and different predictions for the season and kind of tell you what our hot takes are for these awards and for these uh, predictions. So the first prediction 
that we're looking at. The Thunder win and loss record for the season. Dylan, what you got? Yeah, I, I think we have a good season, guys. You know, I was I've been very optimistic about this team ever since Paul George was coming back, and then I was even more optimistic after we got rid of Carmelo Anthony in exchange for Dennis Schroeder and a young piece in TLC. Um, so I predicted before you know all this injury crap happened with Westbrook that we would finish two seed. So I mean that tells you how confident I am in this team. I bumped him down to three seed, you know, with every, knowing everything with Westbrook and, you know, Dre's injury, you know, being moved back is reevaluate. Um, but that being said, I still think this team wins at least 50 games. I'm going to go 52 and 30. All right. Maddie, what you got? I mean, I agree with everything he said. Uh, yeah, with our injury concerns, we could be the two seed. We could be anywhere as low as the six or seven seed, to be honest, um, if you're looking at it through non-biased goggles with just how tight the West is. I mean, we we ended up being the three seed last year or the, the four seed last year, and we didn't wrap that up until the final, what, two games of the season? Final um, games of the season. So we, we could have been as low as, as, low as seven, Easily. right? Yeah. Going... Yeah, so the West isn't much better considering the best player in the world now plays in our division. That being said, I think I'm going to... In our conference. No? Or conference. Yeah, my bad. Um, in our conference. Um, so that that being said, I'm going to one-up Dylan, and it's going to be a 53-win season for the Thunder. Um, I actually went out... And I don't have it on me, but I will post it later. And uh, I went through game by game, and that's the that's the total I came to. So, 53 wins. All right. All right, sounds about right. Steven, what you got? Hey, look, man, I, I didn't know when I wrote this down that I was going to end up being, what, still with Alex's answer pending, the most optimistic of the people. But... After what hearing what you guys said, I'm pretty confident that I'm gonna be an outlier here. I've got 58 wins. Boy. And, and I I didn't go through the schedule game by game like Maddie did, but what I did do is I went back and looked at last season, and the Thunder finished with 48 wins last season. They lost 11 games to team on teams under 500, and. You know, like the teams that we lost to are Orlando and Phoenix and, and the Knicks and just Brooklyn. Brooklyn, just the worst of the teams. And I think without Melo on the roster and with the training camp to gel, which they've made a really big deal out of, I think that we can depend on some of those games where we were just relaxed and lost to bad teams going away. And add to that the fact that the Thunder were a 56 pace, a 56 win pace team last year. If you take out the eight and 12 start, like I, I don't see. I think 48 was a major underachievement last year, and yeah. I think we can expect a real improvement. So 58 wins is where I landed, and call me crazy, but I, I'm being optimistic. Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna nestle myself in between all you guys. And uh, 
I'm going to go 54 wins. Uh, I think this team is is primed to, like Steven said, take care of business against the the lower echelon, the lower tier teams, um, and, then, and then go ahead and win a couple of those against the Warriors, against the, the Houston Rockets, against the the, the trio of Atlantic uh, Atlantic Division teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, so I do think they get up to about 54 wins. So what's that, 54 and 28, mm-hmm. um, I believe. And uh, I believe they get the third seed in the in the conference. Um, so, and then what did Anthony... Anthony said that we would finish... Oh, what was it? Uh, 52 and 30. So do yeah, it's going... 52 and 30? No, do the... Do the and Anthony said again. Oh, and Anthony said... Uh, that we would go 52 and 30. So that's the numbers for for is is this the numbers for the uh, for the consequence? Is this what we're looking at? No, 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 no. We're gonna do that week by week throughout the season. Oh, okay, week by week. All right. Me so, and Anthony okay. did that same cool. alignment of thinking right now, though. Yeah, so we may, we may have to do a, a a dual punishment for you two. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, let's see what we got next. So we're moving on to NBA awards predictions. So it's going to be kind of rapid fire. I don't think we need too much analysis at this moment because we haven't seen anything being played out yet. Uh, so this is just what we think heading into the season. So MVP, who you got? Dylan. Anthony Davis. AD. Oh. Okay. He went to that one college. Oh, my God. Dylan, who you got? Fresno State product, Paul George. Hey. I mean, you've been on that for a while, but that's still, like, worthy of a woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, I know. I get called crazy every time I say it, but I'm standing by it. I think. And I got got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, I feel like people are just waiting to crown him. Like, like he just has to have, like, one of the better seasons in the league, and he's going to get get that trophy um i might be a little bit unpopular with this decision but i think i think lebron gets the mvp i think as far as narrative goes mvp is a very narrative driven award and if the lakers can get up to the fourth seed in the western conference um i think that you know that narrative and him playing for that big market i think lebron gets the award I think you you can argue any of it. It really sucks that he plays in our division. <laughs> oh gosh, I think you could Sorry, argue that. any of our candidates kind of have that narrative, though. You know, Davis is you know recovering from not having Demarcus Cousins. Paul George is, you know, he decided not to go home and settle camp at in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, and even Giannis. You know, he's improved year by year by year. New coach, new system. So I think you could go narrative with any player, but. And I, just, I can't see him giving it to LeBron, man. I think they got tired of that a few years ago. <laughs> no one ever gets tired of LeBron. Uh, they got tired of getting an MVP. And I'm tired. I'm tired and of the Lakers. Honorable already. mention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> honorable mention could be uh, Kawhi Leonard, right? If they end up being the one seed again this year. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at narrative, yeah, you definitely have to look at that narrative right there. 
All right, so moving on to Rookie of the Year, the Roy Award. Dylan, who you guys your rookie? I want to go last. I want to hear your response to this. Okay, so I'll go first. I got Luca, Luca Doncic. I think uh, I think he's he's the the rookie that is best prepared, and so I think he's gonna win it. Steven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, and, and like I said about Giannis, I, I feel like Luca is just the person that people are so eager to give a trophy to. So, like, if he just has a year comparable to the other rookies, then then he's gonna get the nod. Maddie. Um, so I know I hyped him up earlier, but I really think uh, I, I think Mobamba is gonna gonna be gonna be a guy that. You know, once he builds up momentum early and people get over the fact that he wasn't taken number one overall and he didn't have all the hype um, that some of the other players in the class had, they're going to say, how did this guy fall? How was he not the number one overall pick? And how how did he how did he fall all the way to the magic? So I, I've got to go Bamba. A, that, that, the show. that tracks as a really hot take, man. I don't know if I've heard a lot of hype around that kind of decision. So I wasn't initially put on to him. But I got to give a shout out to uh, Stuart Gardner, who's on a podcast with us, who has been touting his praises from the jump. And uh, yeah, I've, I've come to see the light on him. So I'm just just spreading the message. Man. All right, the, the Bomba Gospel. <laughs> Bomba number five. All right, <laughs> All right Dylan. All right, um, my pick for this is going to be Colin Sexton. Uh, I think. Mm. Out of all these guys, he's going to be the guy who has the ball in his hands the most. He's going to be the one making the decision. Uh, he'll have Kevin Love, who can have a nice pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll game. He's got Tristan Thompson, who can finish lobs. Um, and, I mean, the guy's a proven scorer. He's a great defender. And, I mean, hot day for you. He could he could help carry the Cavs into the playoffs in a week east. Um, yeah, so I got Colin Sexton winner rookie of the year. And Dark Horse, you know, from that one school down there in the Bluegrass State, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander might have a chance. You know, I almost, I almost thought that you were going to, like when, when you said you wanted to go last, <laughs> I almost thought you were going to say Hami. Just for a second there, I thought you were going to do that. I love Hami, but I, I don't think he's going <laughs> to have the ball enough to do that. All right, so next one we got up here is six man of the year. I mean, do we all – is there a consensus with that with, with, between us? Dennis Schroeder. No, no, I mean, I'm, no? I'm, I'm going to stick with kind of the, the theme of how I've been answering, and that's the, who, the player who the media seem ready to crown, and that seems like Terry Rozier to me. Boo. I think they're all just waiting for him to blow up so they can just give him a trophy. Scary Terry. I've got uh, Dennis Schroeder. I got our boy. Who you got? Maddie? Carmelo oh Anthony. <laughs> Get the frick out of here. That's not that's that's not a bad that's not a bad choice at all. Oh me? That's not a bad choice at all. Hey P, they said I gotta come off the bench. They said I'm gonna win six man of the year. <laughs> Dylan, who you got? Dennis Schroeder, man. He's going to kill it. He's going to get second units. He's going to chew them up. It's going to be hilarious if it's, if, if it's you know, Mello and Schroeder one and two in the six-man-of-the-year voting. That's just going to be 
That's going to be hilarious. All right, so, and I, I got one more category here. Um, I got best newcomer. Um, so I'm talking about the entire league, not the Thunder. Uh, so which newcomer onto a team do you think will have the most effect? So I'll get it started. Not named LeBron James? I was going to say, I bet it's LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Kawhi. I, I'll stick with LeBron. Okay. <laughs> I'm going Gordon Hayward. Oh. Technically, he, he played, what, two minutes last year? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, mean, I think he qualifies. I think you have to play at least three minutes to not qualify. So, <laughs> based on my rules, I just made up. So, <laughs> I'm going Gordon Hayward. Super official. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, m- moving on. So, I, I want to move on to the our final four prediction. And not final four for uh, – for the uh, for the NCAA because we know Dylan will choose the University of Kentucky as the final four participant because it's but a I'm smart decision. The, <laughs> you'd probably pick him in the NBA if he had the option. <laughs> probably, I want to look at the final four. So the two conference finalists for each conference. Um, who do you have? So I'll go ahead and get this started. So for the Eastern Conference, I got Toronto versus. Uh, Boston. Uh, for the Western Conference, dun dun dun. I got Warriors versus Thunder. Dylan, who you got? It's funny you say that because I have Thunder versus Warriors, and <laughs> I have Boston versus Toronto. So we're almost the same. Yeah. Maddie, who you got? <laughs> um. Yeah. I've got Boston versus Toronto in no particular order yet. Um, and I've got <laughs> I've got the Warriors and the Rockets. Oh. Oh. Somebody had to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm I'm never gonna pick with my heart. I'm always gonna say what I think is actually gonna happen. That doesn't mean I hope to be incredibly wrong. <laughs> If the Rockets go 0 and 82, it would make me happy. So let's just get that out of there. Uh, well, two, if, well, they go, like, if they three go 0 and 79, 3 and 79, we want them to we want them to beat the Warriors. There you go. <laughs> True. All right, Stephen, who you got as your final four? I, I have the same as as you and Dylan. I've got Warriors, Thunder, and then Boston, Toronto. But I want to introduce a dark horse, which has some uh, things that need to fall into place for him, which is Miami. Like, if Jimmy Butler goes there, I think they're going to be a threat to get to the conference finals. You got Jimmy Butler, you got Dragic was an all-star last year. They'll still have Whiteside, according to the trades that we've seen happen. Like, it could happen. Ooh. It's a hot take right there. That's spicy right there. That's. I mean, yeah. if that happens... And then, you, you know, go we got we to gotta mention Philly. Dude, nobody said Philly, so, like, we just got to at least mention him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're they're there in the discussion, but I don't think they get past those two those two teams in the East. Can I say I something about uh, Houston real quick? What's that? I the reason I don't think Houston's going to make it is because yeah, obviously they added offense, but you know they obviously lost Trevor Ariza, they lost Luka Carden Bamute, and the reason they was able to go toe toe with the Warriors last year wasn't their offense; it was their defense. They was able to switch everything and make things difficult for the Warriors, and they traded away their two most pivotal pieces in that. 
They keep P.J. Tucker? Sure. They get James Ennis? Sure. But you added Carmelo Anthony to your team. I mean, it, if you ask me who is um, built like the Rockets was last year this year, it's the Thunder. That's why I think the Thunder have the best shot at the Warriors this year. So you haven't heard of this guy named James Ennis? <laughs> I, 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 I so, just said his name. <laughs> So let, now, let me let me go ahead and pose this scenario to you guys. So there is a Jimmy Butler trade scenario out there where he goes to Houston in exchange for Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker. So far, Houston has been, you know, they don't want to go ahead and get rid of Tucker. They don't really care about Gordon, but they don't want to get rid of Tucker. Let's say Houston says, you know what, let's go all out. Let's get this, you know. Let's get Jimmy Butler. What do you guys think the? Uh, how do you guys think that changes the West if that happens? I think Houston gets a little better, and I think honestly it might cost them a few regular season games if they consolidate the talents of Gordon and Tucker, basically an offense and a defensive player, into one player because they lose depth. But I think it makes them a lot better in the playoffs when depth becomes less important. Yeah, I agree. To me, it's just something that. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying. To me, you're asking Jimmy Butler to stand there and watch Chris Paul and James Harden try to break his defenders' ankles for 82 games and into the playoffs. I, I just don't think it's a good fit. Um, you know, Jimmy is kind of an ISO player. I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's not a guy who's going to go spot up there. But, yeah, Jimmy is what he is on defense. I mean, he's a great defender. But if you have to give up P.J. Tucker, you're, you're kind of in the same boat. I mean, Jimmy Butler is probably a better defender than P.J. Tucker. But, um, you know, he's he's going to have more offensive burden than Tucker does. So, he's you know, he's going to be more exhausted. I, I don't know. I just I, – I don't love the fit. I think any place with high-usage players, Jimmy's going to struggle. Yeah, and he's definitely a better defender than P.J. Tucker, but he doesn't have the same defensive abilities. Like, P.J. Tucker can play the five and the four mostly. Jimmy Butler can't do that, and I think P.J. Tucker's kind of the the fill-in-the-blank piece that makes their whole defense work. Um, but I think, I think the dream scenario for the Thunder is that they trade both of those guys for Jimmy Butler, and then he walks in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so final thing I got. NBA champion prediction. Who do you think at the end of the season is, stand, is holding the uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy? Stupid Warriors. Stupid Warriors. Stupid Warriors. Stupid. They're just stupid. Well, Kill, we gotta, who do you got? Why we got to end on this this note? I went happy, man. I went happy. I already said I think the Thunder are going to ma- have the best matchup to the Warriors defensively. So I think if the Thunder can beat the Warriors and get in the championship, who can they not beat? I mean, if they if they can match up with the Warriors, they can match up with the Celtics. They can match up with the Rockets. Or not the Rockets, the Raptors. You know, they can match up with those people. And you've got Westbrook. You've got Paul George. you got Steven Adams. you got Schroeder. you got all these offensive juggernauts and we've seen what Westbrook does in elimination games the guy goes supernova so I mean I think they're gonna be a hard out and I think if if the Thunder gets to the finals Westbrook's not gonna lose again yeah 
Oh, so there we go. Dylan saved the podcast from the stupid warriors. You're welcome, Thank guys. You. <clears throat> All right, so we'll go ahead and end it on that note, on a happy note. Um, so you can always find us at, at OKC Topic Thunder on thunderousintentions.com, now that's thunderbasketball.com, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast, especially iTunes. And on iTunes, if you can, please leave us a, leave us a five-star rating, leave a positive review, um, and as always, the next time we talk to you guys, we will be talking to you guys about Thunder basketball um, games that count. Um, so go ahead. Yes, go ahead and enjoy that. And mm-hmm. as always, you guys thunder up. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.